Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Raymond Unfiltered, we've put you in charge. It's your questions, their answers. Billy Slater. Uh, the next one, obviously, would be a club legend at South Sydney, and that'd be Bob McCarthy. He's worse than me. He is a dickhead in the box, mate, honestly. The King Wally Lewis. The play against the Midstone was like playing against the Australian side. Dave Taylor. Uh, mate, that's a hard question. Oh, probably as a kid growing up, Chief Harrigan. I remember I met a bloke called Vince Corralius. Yes. The father spoke of and terrorised Australia, apparently, in the late 50s. Darren Lockyer, when he was fullback. Yeah, his longevity is unbelievable. Yeah, it was special. Um, I'm going to have to say Billy Slater. To me, means the fabric of what Queensland's about. I see those two as two of the greatest coaches. This is Andy Raymond, Unfiltered. Question and answer. Your questions, their answers. Joining us in the big chair, a fellow who played 259 club games for the mighty Parramatta Eels, 39 times for New Zealand. He was captain of both club and international level, the great Nathan Kalis. First question from a bloke called Jimmy D. What was your nickname at Parramatta? Who and why? Uh, yeah, so going a long time, uh, way back. Uh, nickname I was given early was uh, Mahara. Um, Jimmy Dimmick gave it to me and it sort of stuck. Uh, I was pretty shy, as you can imagine, a young kid sort of coming in, 18 years of age, coming into uh, a team with the likes of Dean Page, Jared McCracken, Jason Smith, Jim Dimmick. Um, I was just there. You know, our coach was Brian Smith, so I sort of just but I just wanted to get in and do my job and do my training. Didn't say too much, and what I did, I was sort of a little bit muffled. Uh, my wife still gives it to me now, but uh, to try and work on that a bit. Uh, the kids sometimes struggle to understand me, especially after a couple of beers. But, um, yeah, that's where that sort of came from. It's stuck, and, yeah, every time I see you, you always bring that up. So I thought I'd uh, forgotten about that nickname. It's more reverted to uh, the old nice and easy Kalo now, but, uh, yeah, Mahara was a, a real early one back in the day. 
from Brendan Atwood in Granville. What's Jason doing these days? Uh, he's living up the central coast, up near Wyong there. Uh, he's got two boys, two little boys, Cooper and Jesse. Uh, lovely wife there, um, Caroline. They're really enjoying themselves. Jay's got himself into property development and real estate. He really loves that part of the uh, of the of the world. Uh, he sort of built a little bit of a business while he was still playing at the back end of his career, and he's gotten right into that. He sort of he was a guy that. He realised he could make some money out of playing footy. I wouldn't say he loved it. Uh, did a great job. You know, he won a comp with the Absolutely, Roosters and went overseas yeah. and, you know, part of that great Roosters team early 2000s and uh, he's having a good time. From Kayleen in Wellington, not sure if it's Wellington, New Zealand or Wellington, New South Wales, but Kayleen asks, you played for Australian schoolboys but then New Zealand as a senior. Was it an easy decision to pledge allegiance to New Zealand or a hard one? Uh, I was 20 years of age and uh, the story goes, uh, word got out, Jared McCracken and Steve Kearney actually discovered that my parents were from New Zealand uh, and I remember one day after training I was sitting in the change rooms, uh, I was taking my boots off and I could feel this massive figure just standing over the top of me and it was uh, Jared McCracken, this was at 98, it was about middle of 1998 and uh, he's standing over the top of me and he's like, hey bro, uh, your parents from New Zealand, eh? I said, yeah. He goes, uh, there's a tour at the end of the year. You're going to play for New Zealand, aren't you? I said, oh, yeah, okay, sweet. Uh, and and that was it. Wow. And, and I remember there was a massive uproar. The media actually, the Channel 10 cameras and everyone came around to our house and they just couldn't believe why someone who had played Australian schoolboys yep. would deflect and go and play for New Zealand. And I just thought, look, I was keen to represent my family. I didn't Absolutely. see too much of a, of a fuss. Yeah. And then... The Puller Tour boys did it. I think Benji Marshall was the same. Yep. So we sort of um, started a little bit of a trend there. And yeah. then um, they've sort of obviously changed the rules now. But, but, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. I love my time playing with the Kiwis. Australian schoolboys got some great memories there, played with some great players. Um, probably the best I've ever played with would be Owen Craigie yeah. uh, as a rugby league player. Freak, wasn't he, as a school uh, kid? And probably one of the best storytellers I've ever heard as well. Can yep. tell a story. Oh, he's a champion guy and doing really well with his charity as well. Yep, certainly is. From Craig at Penrith, Brian Smith. Good coach, bad coach, normal bloke or weirdo? Great coach. Uh, learned something every day from Brian, yep. whether it was about rugby league or about life. Uh, he was great for us as young you know, young guys coming through. We all sort of came through together. That was myself, Heine, Mickey Vella. We had a, a good young crew there. Um I suppose the thing with Brian was it was a constant push to improve, uh, the constant yep. push to be better every day. And, you know, I suppose it wore some guys down and um, I loved it. I loved trying to be better every day. And mm. and I, I, the thing that I realised with Brian as well is if he saw a bit of a weakness in someone, he would just push and push and push until you turn the, cor- turn the corner and yep. improved your game or improved your mentality. So if he felt – a bit of mental weakness there, you just keep pushing until you went, you know, stuff this, I'm going to harden up or I'm out of here. Guys that didn't like it, they're out of there and they're yep. probably the ones that tell those stories about Brian because they couldn't handle it. But, you know, I was there for 10 years and loved it. Um, you know, he's super intelligent. Yes. Um, but, yeah, just that, I suppose, a constant push all the time to improve and be better. But that's what you want from your coach. Yep. So. It's just uh, so unfortunate that we were not able to win one for him there at Para, and he had a couple of other chances as well. From Kevin in Pukekohe, hey Nathan, loved you as a player. Who's your all-time New Zealand seventeen? Who you got? Oh yeah, um, great question. So a lot of lot of players that I was able to play with, a few players that I didn't sort of get too much time to play with as well. So uh, I'll start off with uh, fullback. You know. 
Tango past Roger. Roger yep. Tuivasa-Sheck, uh, just a phenomenal player. I was lucky enough to work with the Warriors uh, for a year, a couple of years ago, and Roger's outstanding on the field, but what he does at training, he just yeah. drives the players so wow. much there. And there was often so many times where we had to pull Roger out of a drill or pull him out of training so that the rest of the players could catch up on their GPS systems. He was just way ahead of everyone else. Wow. In, and how he trained, his attitude, his talk, and he just drove everything. So he's going to be a massive loss, not only for the Warriors, but to rugby league. You, yep. know, it's, um, you know, it's a shame that he's leaving the game, but he'll do really well in, uh, in Union where he's going. Um, the two wingers, uh, I've had to think long and hard about my wingers. I, I sort of looked at uh, sort of club, international, but then also what they did off the field and yep. the way they were able to bring teams together. So the two wingers would be uh, Sean Hoppy oh, and Richie yeah. Barnett. Uh, two legend yeah. guys and really good tourists, really, really good tourists uh, when you're away with them, especially as a young guy. I remember they both sort of looked after me and took me under their wing. Uh, yeah, both had really successful club club careers yeah. as well, uh, really smooth guys off the field and uh, went having a beer. So uh, <laughs> they, they'll be my uh, my two wingers there. Obviously, uh, Leslie Bonacolo, he's um, a mention there as well. Yeah. He was a beast and um, didn't – play a whole lot in the NRL but went over and had a great career over in the UK yeah, in the Super did, League he? and he's still over there now as well. So, yeah, he was uh, he was great. Um, centres, uh, first centre would be Nigel Vungana, um, great club footy player, uh, scored a record amount of tries there. I think he held the record there for a while uh, with the Dogs and then who can forget his uh, finger counting when he was scoring those tries. Was it five? Five tries. Five tries. In a club game. Yeah, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. So, so Nigel, but, yeah, he, he moved positions in the Kiwi team to accommodate the team as well. So he yep. moved from centres to 5'8 uh, and really took up a leadership role when Brian McClellan uh, took over, yep. Bluey, when he took over as uh, Kiwi's coach there. So he was a, a mainstay and really saw a real transition himself and Ruben Wiki really yeah. pushed the transition of New Zealand being, you know, okay to lose to the big brother Australia mm. to go, no, we're going to beat these guys over and over again. Um, other centre you know, might be, you know, some people may not agree, but uh, someone who was a little bit understated uh, would be Paul Fatuera. Uh, he won a couple of premierships yeah. and he was involved in the 2005, 2005 Tri-Nations World Cup victory. Um, you know, so yeah. had a lot of had a lot of success wherever you know, wherever he played, mm. Paul, and, and you know, he was another guy that he just got in and did his job. Didn't yep. say a lot yeah. um, and got in and did his job to the, the best of his ability and, you know, he won a competition with the Tigers and then went over to, uh, I think it was Penrith first and then went to the Tigers. Tigers so, yep. you know, he, uh, you know, he had an outstanding career mm. uh, himself. Yeah, he won in premierships 03-05, didn't he? Like yeah. Like two yeah. years apart. And two... Probably underdog teams, you know. Very much so. Yeah, and then 2005 with the Kiwis uh, and that 24-0 win yep. over over Australia at Leeds there and then obviously the biggest upset of them all in 2008 when we were able to win the, the World Cup. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. 
With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Uh, Harbs can't go past Benji, outstanding yeah. player, great guy, great fella, one of the funniest blokes I've uh, had the uh, pleasure to play with. Yeah, whether he's, he's a given character. It, whether he's given it to you or given it to someone else yep. or given it to the coach. Um, the best one was 2008 where you were lucky enough to have Wayne Bennett come in and help us out. Yep. And right from the start, Benji just hammered him the whole time. <laughs> and we're like, oh, this is Wayne Bennett. But Wayne was great. Got on the back of the bus, he'd walk He'd walk up to the back of the bus, sit with all the boys at the yeah. back, and you know he was he was really good for us. So um, yeah, Benji, you've really got to be on your toes around him. You can't give him an ounce of uh, any um, uh, any arsenal to, to give you a hard he's time because he's just he's into you all the time. Wow. Uh, but a really good, really good guy. And yep, yeah, him and uh, can't go past the little general Stacey Jones. Yeah. Um, if not one of the best halves to play the game. Agreed. You know, another one shame that. He wasn't able to to win a premiership. He got mm. close with the Warriors there, two thousand and two, and yep. was probably only due to that Richard Villasanti brain snap on Brad Fittler, which really One of fired the, great the roosters brain up. Snaps. Yeah, really fired the roosters up, and the game was in the balance. There, I think the Warriors might have been in front. It's funny you say that because I've done Legend series interviews with both Stacey Jones and Adrian Morley, who were in and around that, and both guys said that was the turning point in the game. Warriors were in front and the Roosters went, screw this. They were in front and Stacey yeah. scored that all-time try oh, in the grand wow. final. Yeah. Uh, great kicking game, great fella too. Uh, yeah, we've had a lot of good times on tour. Uh, and, again, I was lucky enough to work with him over at the Warriors and it's a bit of a coaching capacity and uh, it was great to be able to experience that as well. Um, then you go and move into the forward pack. You, you need you, you, know, you need your front rowers to, to lead the way. You need your hard men to be setting the standard there and definitely can't go past probably two of the best that I've seen play the game, whether they're Australian or New Zealand, would be Jared, Warrior Hargreaves, yep. and uh, Jesse Bromwich. Yep. You know, two guys that have done everything in the game. You know, I think the, probably the last thing for those two guys is to win a World Cup with New Zealand and, yeah. and hopefully they get a chance to do that next year. Yeah. I'm fortunate that they didn't get a chance to do that this year. Mm. Um, you know, Madge has done a really good job to get New Zealand to that number one standing yep. at the moment and uh, really built the squad nicely. Uh, so those two guys, uh, you know, for me, they're uh, – they're definitely going to get the team going forward. They're, they're different type of players too. You know, they've both got a good good skill level. Jared's that, you know, he's the hard man. He's really yeah. going to lead the team. Jesse also does that, but he's got that nice pass and yeah. great footwork for a guy that's so big, uh, so agile, uh, you know, to, to be able to do that as well. Um, uh, bringing those two guys together, um, I, I sort of had to think quite a fair bit about, uh, nine, but yeah, you know, hooker the hooker position, and um, there's been you know there's been a lot of players that have had to fill a role there, you know, yeah. and a lot of nines that have come and gone. Oh, I started, and we had a guy by the name of Sid Eru, and yes. he was with the Warriors. There. He was really tough and yeah, hard, very much. Um, yeah, we also had Monty Beethan fill in there, and yep. we had, we've had a lot of players fill in. Nathan Fien actually, we moved him from the halves into hooker. Yeah, uh, swapped over. Uh, Thomas Lulawai and Nathan Fien. Yep. They just sort of weren't working in the half, so switched the position. So we've had a lot of guys fill, uh, fill that in. But I probably 
put in there uh, for mine. Just um, not only the way he played, played all of his career over in the UK, but it'd be Robbie Paul. Uh, yeah. Just what he was able to do with his footwork um, and how he could take advantage of a tiring defensive team or tiring middle. Uh, he was also an outstanding social coordinator as well. So he'd is be, that right? He'd be the nine and he'd also be the number one social coordinator. Just Which is important. Going on tour. Yep. Knew every great spot to go to in the UK. Wouldn't Robbie uh, Paul, a guy like that who transitioned from the halves to nine, be an absolute standout in the modern game under these new rules? Yeah, he would. Uh, super fit, very intelligent. Uh, you know, him and his brother were, were – were two outstanding players. Like they were way ahead of the game over in the UK. Uh, his brother Henry, they, you know, they, they've done some wonderful things over there. They were very successful with the Bradford Bulls uh, as well. Um, back rowers, uh, back rowers for me uh, can't go past Steve Kearney. Um, and probably a question I would have to you: Can you have a like? Can you have someone be a player and a coach? You'd have captain, coach, Steve. Captain, coach. For, yeah. for Big what mocks. he's done for New Zealand Rugby League yep. and and the amount of success that he's had as a New Zealand Lock coach, it in. there's been a lot of uh, a lot of really good coaches. Frank Endicott was uh, yep. a legendary coach for New Zealand. Uh, had some success, you know. We we had some really good victories there. But what Steve Kearney has done as a player for New Zealand and what he did with Melbourne, uh, but also as a coach, you know, 2008 won the World Cup, uh, won Tri Nations. He's won a, a few of those as well. So the amount of success that he's had. Um, the other back rower would be Mark Rome. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, real hard, big dude. Yeah. I, I didn't get to see him play a lot of footy, but, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people around uh, the type of man that he was, uncompromising. Uh, you know, when you look at Jared, Jesse, you know, Steve Kearney and Mark Rome in that forward pack, oh. uh, they're, they're – they're, Pretty scary, yes. pretty scary sort of dude. So, um, and I would, I would sort of lock or tie all those guys together with someone that was instrumental. I, I believe in us winning the World Cup in two thousand and eight. He started his career pretty late as an NRL player and uh, had some success at a couple of clubs. And he was a player that I know Wayne uh, took with him to a couple of places, especially after that World Cup. And that's uh, Jeremy Smith. Yeah, real hard guy, really skillful, but he really he changed the way we thought about ourselves as players in that 2008 campaign, and then we went on and, and won a few things, and they went on and they won a few uh, tri nations and four nations with him at the helm of the team, and he just had this belief, uh, belief and hardness about himself, and and he wouldn't cop anything poor at training. Uh, he was just obviously that Melbourne mindset around preparation. Yep. Um, you know, it was super important to him. So, you know, he, he'd definitely be the, the guy that, you know, he didn't play a whole heap of tests, but what he was able to get out of his body and play till he was 36. Yeah. Uh, had success with Melbourne, went to the Dragons, went out there with them, and then Wayne took him to Newcastle to try and get them going again yep. after a lot of poor results as a club. Mm. And he was certainly a big part of them turning around and now they're back in the top eight uh, with their attitude and, and things like that. So, um, you know, he's definitely one that will lock the, lock the team up. Um, to the bench, I suppose the bench is uh, it's going to be a, a tough one, challenging one there. Yep. Um, I'd have to have, you know, for me, I'd have Thomas Lulawai. 
Yep. As my 14. As your 14. Yeah, so he could cover halves. He could cover nine position. At a pinch, he could probably cover lock as well because of the way he defends. Yeah. Yeah. He's a tough defender uh, and tough player. You know, he's had a lot of success overseas uh, and, and did really well with New Zealand. Um, the forwards, so I would go with a, a, a three looking at power forward rotation. Yep, so three um, middles. Three middles, but one of those middles would have to be able to play a combination of lock and, and be able to pass the footy through the yep. middle. So um, I'd have Joe Bungana. Uh, Joe Bungana wow. was my power punch off the bench. Yep. Um, you know, he was a phenomenal guy to play with, big guy, athletic guy, and um, someone that really started to bring the Warriors through. And he was yes. another one that yep. went over to the uh, UK and, and had a lot of success with that Bradford Bulls team as well. Yep. Uh, I'd have um, Simon Mannering. Now, Simon yep. Mannering, he finished off his career playing at lock but can also play back row. Yep. He could pass the footy. He got also at a pinch uh, cover in the centres as yeah. well. So you need that coverage off your bench. Um, whether this is more my coaching hat on at the moment, <laughs> but um, just when I was trying to think about a team, you know, you want to give an opinion on how they played, the That's type right. of guy they are, but then also how they're actually going to fill the role. So mm. you've got a team that can compete yep. and do really well. Um, and, you know, my final, uh, my final bench position, um, something that I've sort of had to, had to think sort of long and hard, but when I thought about it and this guy, you know, he's been the heart and soul of the Kiwi team for a long, long time. And, um, you know, I've, it probably would be a flip of the coin or toss of the coin between him and Jeremy Smith at lock would be Ruben Wiki. Yeah. You know, I'd sort of, you know, he'd definitely be me vice captain, if not captain, and yep. easily could swap him out for, for Jeremy. But, um, you know, Ruben's played record number of tests and, you know, led the team for a long, long time. Then he was blue shirt. You know, he was our blue shirt and he was a big part of us winning the 2008 World Cup and um, he's running his own fitness Empire over there in New yeah. Zealand and doing really well. So, yeah, hope I've, uh, hopefully I've given everyone justice there and I haven't forgot it, forgotten anyone. I don't know if you uh, had any other opinions on any positions, but... What a fabulous side. And I tell you what, when the team meeting started and Ruben, Mark Graham and Stephen Kearney got up to speak, everyone's listening. <laughs> There's no mucking up at the back of the classroom. Two more to go from Lindell at Seven Hills, Parramatta 2022. If they'd have finally cracked that elusive premiership, what positions need strengthening, if any? Uh, centres, mate. The yeah. centres, yeah. Uh, There's a fair bit of strike there with Wonga Blake, uh, but to be able to, you know, you, you need your centres. And I'll probably, obviously, I've been lucky to be able to coach at the Roosters for the last couple of years and work with guys like Joey Manu and, uh, and Josh Morris. Josh Morris, an outstanding defensive player, but he's developed a real skill set in his game where he gets yeah. a nice flick pass away and just his awareness to be able to create space for his winger. And Joey Manu can do it all, mate. He can yeah. play fullback. So centres that can create opportunities for their outside men. Uh, that you know, the, the Eels have got a lot of power right across their, the park and a yeah. lot of the a lot of their play comes through their forwards and Brown and, and uh, Junior Paulo will do a great job. Mitchell, Moses and, and Gutho do a great job as well. Yeah. But... I reckon they just need a little bit more from their centres and uh, they'll be they'll be really tough to beat next year. Last one from Bonnie at Glenhaven. Do you actually think Nathan Hindmarsh is funny on TV or not? I hate to say it, but 
and he probably gets legged up quite a fair bit by Fletch, yeah. and I reckon Fletch gives him a lot of his work. But uh, I love it when they do the in between two plant, two indoor plants there. And the last one they did was with uh, Daly Cherry Evans and uh, Desi Hasler. Yep. He's pretty funny, but when you're having a beer with him, he gets really emotional. So he's funny and emotional, and it's a bit of a roller coaster with Nathan. Uh, Great bloke, you know, our wives are best friends and our kids are all the same age. They've all grown up together for a long time and miss them all. Looking forward to getting back to Sydney uh, when we finish our holiday up here in Queensland. But, um, you know, yeah, great guy, Nate. That's Q&A with Nathan Kalis. Thanks for joining us, legend. No worries, mate. There you have it, another Andy Raymond Unfiltered podcast. We're the podcast that doesn't talk about the legends of the game. We're the one that talks with them for you. Over the off-season, we've got two weekly podcasts. Tuesdays are Q&A day. Your questions, their answers. You legends are in complete control of the interview. Look out. Then the weekend story comes out. You guessed it, on the weekend. We're moving away from footy for this one and chatting with friends I've met along the journey. All with amazing, confrontational or emotional yarns It proves you don't necessarily have to be a big name to have a big story. Before you go, we'd love for you to hit that five-star rating for us on the app you're listening on, on the way out. Write a review too, we'd love that. It helps us grow the brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon, legends.